All right, Lone Star Gunners, welcome to the program. This is Lone Star Gun Talk, the official podcast of Lone Star Gun Rights, and I am your host, as always, Derek Wills. Welcome to the program. We have a lot to get to today, and it's not exactly the best of news. It's not, uh, there's a lot of negative news out there, and none of which is good. Some of it is just very unflattering for, for gun rights activism as a whole, uh, gun owners as a whole, uh, and it's it's got me in quite a bad mood, to put it lightly. Uh, but I'm going to get into all that, but first I want to thank our sponsor here at Lone Star Gun Talk, and that is Provident Metals. If you are anything like me, the uh, several things about the economy might still bother you. Despite the fact that job numbers are looking great, you still have the devaluation of the U.S. dollar, uh, the Federal Reserve keeping interest rates arbitrarily low, and an impending trade war with China and maybe a couple of other nations. Uh, it doesn't. It's not as bright as many people would think, which is why I invest in precious metals. Precious metals have always been known to be a hedge against inflation and devaluation of the U.S. dollar, which is why you should invest at least part of your savings in silver and or gold. Provident Metals is an online bullion dealer based right here in the Lone Star State, and they are offering exclusive discounts on select bullion items to our listeners. To see all of the featured products for Lone Star Gun Talk listeners, go to www.providentmetals.com slash guntalk.html or call 1-800-313-3315. And be sure to enter the promo code GUNTALK at checkout to receive 10% off your order. All orders of $99 or more get free shipping. And veterans, be sure to call and ask about their military discount, which can also be used in conjunction with this deal. Okay, all right, let's get into uh, several several things that have been going on. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, who is apparently a comedian, uh, who I've never really found to be all that funny. He He's the guy behind Borat. You know, very nice. Uh, I never found his... <laughs> and I'm not just saying this because of the, the, the pranking that he's been doing. Uh, I really never have found him to be all that funny. I've never understood the appeal to him. Well, he apparently is has a show on Showtime where he likes to prank people. And, well... He went after some gun rights advocates and some Republican congressmen, and, well, it, it did not shine us in a good light. He got several prominent gun rights figures, such as Philip Van Cleve of the Virginia Citizens Defense League, as well as Larry Pratt, who is the executive director of uh, Gun Owners of America, uh, Representative Joe Walsh, Republican from South Carolina, former U.S. Senator Trent Lott, and a few others. And basically, he got them to endorse this fake program called the Kinder Guardians. What the Kinder Guardians was apparently supposed to do is advocate for the arming of children. You know, anywhere from 4 to 12-year-olds, school children, arming them in schools to protect the schools. How anybody fell for this is beyond me. I really have no idea how or what they could have said, what Sasha Barrett Cohen could have portrayed this as in order to think that this was a good idea. First of all, government should not be involved in the teaching of children, but really anything, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. 
whenever it comes to firearm safety, that should be ultimately up for the parents and anybody who uh, was approached with this that was a government official and and especially Larry Pratt from the Gun Owners of America. I don't know how he, he fell for this. But regardless, all of these people did fall for this in some way and maybe some of it's editing, but I really, I can't even say that that's a valid excuse because it's not. Here is a snippet of Philip Van Cleve of the Virginia Citizens Defense League on what looks like a Blue's Clues style set with a pistol that has a puppy dog face on it teaching children how to properly engage a target. Aim at the head, shoulders, not the toes, not the toes. Fire! BFF wants to help you. Pull the string on a bad guy. Make bang, bang. All I can say is... <sighs> then this is followed up with a nice little montage of prominent Republicans from Congress endorsing this program. Here is Trent Lott. I support the kindergartens program. We in America would be wise to implement it too. And here is California Congressman uh, Representative Dana Rohrabacher. Maybe having made young people trained and understand how to defend themselves in their school might actually make us safer here. South Carolina Congressman Joe Wilson. Our founding fathers did not put an age limit on the Second Amendment. Gun Owners of America direct, uh, Executive Director Larry Pratt. Toddlers are pure, uncorrupted by fake news or homosexuality. They don't worry if it's politically correct to shoot a mentally deranged gunman. They'll just do it. And then this winning segment from former Illinois Congressman Joe Walsh. The intensive three-week kindergarten course introduces specially selected children from 12 to 4 years old to pistols, rifles, semi-automatics, and a rudimentary knowledge of mortars. In less than a month, less than a month, a first grader can become a first grenader. And then all of this is wrapped up into a nice little package with a twisted version of one of our favorite quotes. The way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good kid with a gun. A good kid with a gun. A good child with a gun. Happy shooting kids. And there you go. There, ladies and gentlemen, happy shooting kids. Let's give every kid a gun and uh, and put them in schools. Now, look, I love the idea of training children young, teaching them the fundamentals of weapon safety and getting them some range time even. I remember growing up, and you know, I was f five years old when I was shooting a three fifty seven Magnum on my uncle's ranch. It's not a bad thing to teach a child how to properly use a gun, but this is this is asinine. This is if any gun rights advocacy group was actually advocating for the actual arming of children, allowing them to carry in a in a in a school. Uh, that, uh, I'm sorry, that, that is just completely egregious and disgusting. And to be honest, look, I am incredibly libertarian in many of my, uh, political philosophies and especially on the second amendment. I shouldn't have to explain this. That said, I am not advocating and nor should anybody be advocating for the arming of children in schools. 
children don't have the mental capacity to actually understand use of force. It would be hard for a five or six year old to understand what it means to close the deadly force triangle of opportunity, capability, and intent. And to be honest, I don't think a five year old would be, or a six year old, or any child would be ready and willing and able to make the decision to squeeze a trigger while pointing a firearm at an individual. I just don't. They will. They do not understand what that concept is. They understand, if you teach them properly, they understand that pointing a gun at something and squeezing the trigger will kill it. Okay, they will get that. But I do not think that they are mentally prepared to take on that responsibility and ultimately make the decision to end somebody's life. I mean, obviously there are... There, there's an exception to every rule, but I nobody here and anywhere should be advocating for the arming of children. Look, one final thing on this. I do not support the government implementing legal age restrictions, okay? That does not mean that I am okay with children being armed. A good parent or a, a half-dim-witted parent even will not allow their child to carry around their gun. Okay, you don't need a law to say that. Uh, and also, capitalism is quite a wonderful thing. The fact that a, you know, if, if, if it were legal, a 14-year-old would probably still not be able to get a gun because uh, I, don't th I don't know of any FFL dealer or any gun dealer or anybody with a gun, private sales even, who would be willing to sell a gun to a 14-year-old. Okay, I just do not see that happening. But what this kindergarten program was advocating for is for allowing children to carry. That is not okay. And every single one of these individuals, all of these congressmen, Larry Pratt, and everybody else that was involved in it should be ashamed of themselves. I do not understand how they got duped into this, into believing that this was a good idea. It is not I mean, even if they were scripted to read a uh, read something, and and you know, Joe Walsh came out later and said, "Look, I got duped. Uh, I was tricked into reading this whole thing. Uh, it was uh, I was given a fake award from a group in Israel to um, you know because of my support of Israel. They flew me out and I accepted this award, and then they sat me down in front of a camera and had me read this teleprompter. You read the teleprompter, dude." I'm sorry. At any point, did it ever click to you and be like, you, you know, I, I don't think that this is a good idea to teach uh, teach first graders how to uh, throw grenades and mortars. Uh, that never clicked for you? You read the entire script. His excuse for this was, well, you know, Israel's strong on defense, and he was told a fake story about how a terrorist broke into a, an Israeli classroom and a t child was somehow able to get a hold of his gun and hold him at bay. Great. That's awesome. It's Even if that story was true, which it wasn't, it was entirely made up, but even if that story was true, you could not get anybody here at Lone Star Gun Rights to read that statement on camera and and have it implement have it uh, have the optics say that I endorse this idea Joe Walsh 
and everybody else in this video should be ashamed of themselves and they really, really need to uh, think harder next time. They made every single gun rights advocate look awful. Because I promise you that gun control groups like the Brady Campaign and uh, Moms Demand Action and, and whomever else, they love this. Because it makes us, it is propaganda to make us look loony. Absolutely loony. I would say something else, but uh, I'm trying to keep this show as family friendly as possible. So, all right, moving on. There is another thing out there that uh, is not sitting well with me, and that is because it is something that I called out as being completely fake news uh, probably a year ago. Uh, if it, it's it's coming up on a year. Uh, so during the massive sequence of hurricanes that the U.S. endured last year, uh, there was an executive order signed by the governor of the Virgin Islands for gun confiscation. Now, I exposed that as being fake news, and I read to you what the statute actually said. And at the time, I said, this is not a big deal, because the law clearly states that when this executive order is implemented— before any quote-unquote confiscation needs to happen, you have to have a legitimate cause to uh, for actually confiscating it. And by that, I don't mean I think this person's dangerous. By that, per the law of the Virgin Islands, it has to be, I'm out of ammo and I'm getting shot at, I need your gun. Okay? Now, the law still says that. Uh, and it is still not gun co gun confiscation, but uh, Fox News has, has relaunched this story. And they say, uh, headline is, Tucker Carlson takes on the, quote, disturbing order by the U.S. Virgin Islands to seize guns from citizens. Now, what's what's interesting about this is this executive order has been renewed six times since it was first implemented during the hurricane a year ago. There should be no need for this executive order to be reinstituted or reauthorized at this point. Uh, I, am, I understand that the Virgin Islands went through a massive amount of destruction after the hurricane, but it's been a year at this point. They should not be continuing to reauthorize this executive order. That said, Fox News, again, is making this sound out to be like it's a, it's a huge uh, attack on, on, on gun rights. Now, it can be. It absolutely can be. And this is something that, uh, that uh, who, who is it, uh, Representative, uh, Utah Representative Rob Bishop has said that MAP, who is the governor of the Virgin Islands, issued the order that authorized the seizure of private guns and ammunition from citizens on the islands by its National Guard. Bishop said that MAP has renewed the order six times. He said that the, terrible, that the territorial law that allows the order to take place is similar to what was ruled unconstitutional after Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Quote, we don't know if it's actually been used or implemented or if anything has been confiscated, he said. Then New Orleans Mayor Ray Nagin signed a similar order after the devastating hurricane prior to a forced evacuation of those living in affected areas. 
according to the order. Adju- uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Adjutant General Deborah Howell was quote authorized and directed to seize arms and ammunition, explosives, incendiary material, and any other property that might be required by the military forces for the performance of this emergency mission. Okay, they quoted exactly what I quoted last year, but they are taking it and saying that it is blatantly unconstitutional. Now, it probably is at this point, because there is no emergency mission underway in the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's not what anybody is saying, though, and that should be the story. The story should be, this should not be continuing on. There is no more emergency situation in the Virgin Islands, so you cannot reauthorize this order. But to suggest that it is gun confiscation and openly admit we don't know if it's actually been utilized or not, which chances are it hasn't been. Had it, it would have been national news. Anytime that there is an emergency mission underway and it comes to the point of confiscating or uh, commandeering property, that would be a big story and would not be set, you know, sitting idly by. I highly doubt that the Virgin Islands National Guard has confiscated any weapons because their mission has not required it to be done. Uh, that is that is my take on this whole thing. I think that, I mean, I understand their concern, but they seem to be voicing a concern about the wrong part. Uh, seizing weapons in an emergency for public safety, like what was done on uh, during Katrina, which in my opinion is not similar. That law said that it had to be for the safety of, of you know, it was done for safety reasons. That's not what this law says. Confiscating weapons in the midst of you know for the reasons of safety is asinine, blatantly unconstitutional, and violates our rights to life, liberty, and property. If a military force, or if a cop, or if anybody is is actively engaged in a firefight, you're probably going to go ahead and and help in any way shape or form that you can and that would probably be yeah you can go ahead and take this to uh not die that should be the only thing that uh that it said and it's it's it it says authorized and directed to seize arms ammunition or other property that may be required by the military force for the performance of the mission public safety or being scared that civilians have guns has nothing to do with the performance of the mission. Okay. I think Fox News is uh, trying to make a big deal about nothing, although they should be focused on why the executive order is still in effect. But on the other side of the country, uh, in the wonderful communist state of California, uh, this is where something just happens. I don't know how, but uh, especially with... There are strict gun control laws. Uh, from the USA Today, Los Angeles Trader Joe's standoff, woman killed in shootout, injured suspect taken into custody. So gun control apparently didn't work in Los Angeles. After a series of shootings, a wild police chase, and an hours-long hostage situation at a Trader Joe's in Silver Lake in the Silver Lake neighborhood of Los Angeles, the suspect, police say, was behind the all-day crime spree, was taken into custody peacefully. Police say one woman, uh, one victim, a woman, was killed during a shootout between police and the suspect when he crashed outside of the grocery store and ran inside. 
it is unclear whether she was hit by officers or the suspect. That's that's not a that's not something that you want to ever read in a paper regarding this because, well, I mean, innocent bystanders are innocent bystanders, and we should be all held to the same uh, standard. If I am engaging somebody as a private citizen for whatever reason, if I am self, if I am defending self or others, and a bullet from my muzzle strikes anybody else except for the person that is the aggressor, I am going to jail. It doesn't matter if they kill them, or if it kills them or not. I am going to jail for shooting somebody unjustly. Okay, and rightfully so. If it is, if it does prove to be the that uh, it was hit by a police bullet, chances are. Law enforcement will not have any issue to say, sorry, it was in the performance of our duties, and we're really sorry about that. Uh, hopefully, this little amount of money will make you whole again. Um, but anyway, I, I digress. That's uh, not, not relevant to the story. But you have here gun-controlled Los Angeles, California, and you have a suspect who shot his grandmother several times, shot his wife, or I'm sorry, his girlfriend, kidnapped his girlfriend, forcibly dragged her into his 2015 Toyota Camry and fled the area and then crashed into a Trader Joe's after police were following him and then held a bunch of people hostage. One person ended up dying and then finally he was negotiated out. I don't see how gun control stopped any of this. Either he was already prohibited from possessing a firearm for whatever reason, whatever, uh, whatever reason the law states, or he wasn't, and no matter how stringent you had have made it, he still would have been legally able to get the gun prior to that. So, again, gun control doesn't work. Now, on this, there is an interesting, uh, interesting story from the NRA Institute for Legislative Action, which you know I'm not a fan of, but this is a very interesting story nonetheless. Headline, Gallup, Gun Control Not High on List of Problems. Gallup's July survey found a number of Americans who cited guns or gun control as the most important problem facing America had returned to levels similar to before the shooting in Parkland, Florida. This month, just two months, uh, I'm sorry, just 2% of Americans say gun and gun control are the most important problem. It was only a few short months ago that a record number of Americans cited guns as the most important problem, April at 13%. So... It went from 13% to now 2%. And so you're probably going to see a, a another push for gun control coming here soon for whatever reason. Now, I had uh, clicked on this article because I was hoping to find to be able to cite Gallup just because I don't like the NRA. Uh, but I couldn't find anything gun-related in the link that they provided, and they actually told me why. Continuing on. Guns aren't mentioned at all in the Gallup article on the July survey, not even in the section about, quote, Americans' views on the top problems facing the U.S. Perhaps even more tellingly, it was not one of the top five most important problems cited by Democrats. You'll only find the data on guns and gun control if you download the full trend file and turn to the last page. After Parkland, we were told that, quote, the gun control movement has reached a tipping point and that it's different this time. Uh, apparently it's not. Gun control is one of those issues that is entirely fueled by emotion and fear. Whenever the media 
just crams it down your throat. People get sick of it and tune out. And then they realize that there hasn't been another shooting and they realize, oh, okay, it's probably not really a problem. Most Americans, even those who might not agree with us on every issue regarding the Second Amendment, do not see gun control as a huge issue. If you were to launch a lobbying effort to repeal the NFA, the GCA, and all of the other federal gun control laws on the books, it would be pick up hot and heavy, and then after it was all repealed, assuming you were able to do so, it would, uh, it would fizzle out after a couple of months, and people would realize, oh, I guess it wasn't a problem, which is why I want to make sure that that happens, okay? I want constitutional carry in the state of Texas. I want there to be no such thing as a gun law on any of the books except for in the state and federal constitutions, saying that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That is what I want. I do not... I, I, people need to get over these, this, this unfa- uh, irrational fear that somehow controlling guns means that this is why our violence is so low when you don't even realize that violence and homicide and, and all other crimes were lower before we had any gun control implemented. But that's not to say that it's high, because as I've said a thousand times, it's not. Okay. All right, so now let's get to your questions. I had a, a couple of very interesting questions came to me, uh, a couple on Twitter, a couple on, um, on Facebook. Uh, Ken Schmidt asks, Derek, here's a question for, for the show. I'm a simple man. The 2A is pretty simple. Why doesn't some group sue the government for violating our 2A rights? I'm talking every gun law. Groups sue the government for violating illegal alien or illegal aliens' rights. So that's a good question, but I think a lot of it has to do with fear because whenever you sue the government for um, for anything, now ultimately what this will do is lead up to the Supreme Court who will then make a ruling on whether or not laws are constitutional or not. This is kind of what happened in the Heller case, although it wasn't a lawsuit per se. But here's the thing. When you do that, you risk having a really bad decision. This is why I'm so adamantly against the Supreme Court actually having the power to decide what is and is not constitutional. Now, right now, we have a pretty good Supreme Court. Uh, one, I don't, I don't think that they would strike down every gun law because even the conservative ones aren't exactly uh, Second Amendment purists. Uh, Scalia, who is who was the best uh, justice on the Supreme Court that we had, wrote in Heller that you don't have an unlimited Second Amendment right. Okay, they're not perfect. They're not, and that's why it's such a it's it's a bad idea to really sue on unless it's an atrocious law. Uh, that is why it is it is a bad idea to sue for the constitutionality of law, because ultimately, chances are we would lose that battle in some way. We would either have it tossed out to a lower court who ruled against us entirely, or it would just go and say. Yeah, uh, these laws are okay, but these aren't, and I guess you could count that as a partial win, but to me, you know, you're either pro-Second Amendment or you're not. Uh, you can't say, I'm pro-Second Amendment, but, because that but means that you're not really pro-Second Amendment. No. Um, that's that's why I think it, it hasn't happened. 
hopefully we will see some more come from uh, some more lawsuits come from this uh, criminal case uh, in Kansas where you had a couple of guys follow the Kansas law where Kansas law states that if you build a suppressor in Kansas and you sell it to somebody in Kansas and they keep it in the borders of Kansas, the National Firearms Act does not apply. I'm keeping an eye on that case. Uh, right now it's in the, it's in the appeals process. Uh, and once it does, it, I think it will go up to the Supreme Court. Um, and ultimately they will have the, the say on that, sadly. But that's why I hope that answers your question. And then Travis uh, asked on uh, on Facebook, we had posted a uh, an interesting screenshot of an article that talked about assault revolvers. And he goes, long-time listener, first-time caller, where can I get one of them assault revolvers? I'll hang up and listen for the answer. Uh, you know, to be honest, I would love to know where to get an assault revolver myself. Uh, it, it really is, is, is hilarious. If you haven't seen this post, we posted it uh, a couple weeks back, uh, maybe two weeks ago or so. But from the article, it said five other people, including three women and one man, were taken into in for questioning. CBS Los Angeles report reports an assault revolver with high capacity magazines and a revolver were recovered at the scene. It, liberals, anti-gun liberals, and I don't I don't mean liberals in general because there are liberals, and they they are not leftists, but anti-gun leftists do not know anything about gun rights. They don't know anything about guns, and it is hilarious. They throw a couple of buzzwords out there, and they think, oh, this makes me smart, and it doesn't. So if anybody out there has a uh, an assault revolver for sale, let me know. If you'd like to ask a question, uh, please hit me up on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, shoot us a message directly at Lone Star Gun Rights on Facebook. Uh, you can tweet us directly at Lone Star G Rights or me at Derek R. Wills. And uh, you can ask your question, and I will answer it here on the show. Okay, so I'm going to close off with a letter that was written by Thomas Jefferson to James Madison, uh, dated 30 January 1787. And uh, this is an excerpt with one of his uh, one of his quotes that has that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, it is written in Latin, but uh, I will read that part in English. Uh, so, here is an excerpt from this letter. Societies exist under three forms sufficiently distinguishable. One, without government, as among our Indians. Two, under governments wherein the will of every one has a just influence, as is the case in England in a slight degree and in our states in a great one. Three, under governments of force, as is the case in all other monarchies and in most of the other republics. To have an idea of the curse of existence under these last, they must be seen. It is a government of wolves over sheep. It is a problem, not clear in my mind, that the first condition is not the best. But I believe it to be inconsistent with any great degree of population. The second state has a great deal of good in it. The mass of mankind under that enjoys a precious degree of liberty and happiness. It has its evils too, the principle of which is the turbulence to which it is subject, but weigh this against the oppressions of monarchy, and it becomes nothing. I prefer dangerous liberty to peaceful servitude. Even this evil is productive of good. It prevents the degeneracy of government and nourishes the general attention to the public affairs. 
I hold it that a little rebellion now and then is a good thing, and as necessary in the political world as storms are in the physical. Unsuccessful rebellions indeed generally establish the encroachments on the rights of the people which have produced them. An observation of this truth should render honest Republican governors so mild in their punishment of rebellions as not to discourage them too much. It is a medicine necessary for the sound health of government. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you all have a wonderful week. And if you would like your questions asked on, or answered on Lone Star Gun Talk, please reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, I will read your questions on the program. Also, if you'd like to call in and actually just be on the show, if you have some something that you want to uh, something you want to get off your chest, reach out to me in the same way, and we will get that set up. Until next Monday, Lone Star Gunners, arm yourself with knowledge and share the ammo. Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production, hosted and edited by Derek Wills. Copyright, Lone Star Gun Rights 2018.